Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt and I'm your host. Today's episode, we are talking about hope and fear. So I'm going to share with you a relatively new kind of thought that I've been dealing with for a while. Um, and it's really this notion that we go after hope and we avoid fear. Well, I think that's pretty natural, right? But how does that affect our life? So I'm going to share with you four pairs of opposites. So eight ideas. Four are distinctly within the pleasure column and four are distinctly within the pain column. We're going to talk about how those are related, how it shows up in your life, how it might be keeping you stuck from the results that you're trying to have. And then I'm going to give you some tips. Okay. You might want to take some notes, at least on the, the four pairs. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to scramble your eggs a little bit. Okay. So go with it. Awesome. Enjoy. Hello everybody. Hey, I hope you're doing well. So today I want to talk to you about hope and fear, hope and fear. So uh, I've been doing a lot of studying lately and most of my study has been in the area of mindset, thinking, perceptions. Uh, I've really been dabbling in some, some writings by very different authors than I've ever been experienced to before. Uh, many of them are in the, the old dead guys club uh, that, I, that I love so much. Um, and recently I've been playing around with perceptions, with ideas of, uh, you know, how to look at things differently. And this kind of came to me over the last few days and I've really been digesting it for myself. And I, I think there's a few things that I'd like to share with you. So um, there is an author out there uh, called Pema Chodron. I, I'm not sure if I pronounced it correctly, but if you wanna look her up, um, the first name is Pema, P-E-M-A, uh, Chodron, so it's C-H-O-D-R-O-N. Um, so she, I forget exactly at the time that she was living, but she was a, a Buddhist nun. And she has several books, but one of the books I'm going through right now is How to Be Uncomfortable in uh, Uncertainty. And... So she had a, I guess you could call it a meditation this morning, and it was really thinking about the ideas of uh, pain and pleasure. So she says that basically when we get caught up in uh, going after pleasure or avoiding pain, and we're going to talk about four uh, pairs or opposites this morning, uh, that, that really you can get stuck and you can live a life of suffering. Now, uh, when you're focused on these, so you're caught up in them, you're, you're immersed in them, you're focused on them, that's when you have some issues. So I'm gonna tell you what those four pairs are, uh, give you examples of you know, the things that we do to, to either go after them or to avoid them, and then we're gonna talk through a few tips, okay? So the four pairs are pleasure, and pain, praise and blame, fame and disgrace, and then gain and loss. 
So pleasure and pain, praise and blame, fame and disgrace, and gain and loss, okay? So everything over in the pleasure column, right? Those are the things that we want, right? We, we try to get at all costs, we, we seek after them, right? And all those things in the pain column, those are the things that we don't like, the things that we want to avoid, okay? Now, you know, I can almost hear you asking me the question, Michelle, but isn't that what we're supposed to do? Isn't that what life is about, that we're trying to go after pleasurable things and trying to avoid pain, right? Um, and that's also a very biological way of looking at life. So for example, you know, I think about, well, let's just say a bug, right? Um, a, a bug, everything in that tiny reptilian, little tiny bug insect brain says, I need to go after the things that are going to be helpful and avoid the things that are going to be harmful, right? Absolutely. That's how you're designed, right? However, when we're trying to really understand ourselves and understand life and come to that place of a rich, deep, meaningful life, we might have to change our thinking a little bit, okay? Because we aren't just a body, right? Um, you know, our body is, is an excellent thing. However, what are we? You know, if you really look into who are we as people? So for example, you know, um, let's say, God forbid, you have an accident and you, have, you lose one of your arms, right? Do you cease to be less of a person because you have one less arm? No, you, you are still the same person. Uh, I had a dear friend had an accident and unfortunately she, she has been paralyzed from the neck down. Is she less of a person because she can't move her body? Absolutely not, right? And so when we get down to this, what is our essence as people? Uh, it's not our body, it's not our biology, it's something else. So let's talk about these two columns. So the first one, let's let's just go and cover the pleasurable column because that's that's fun, right? So pleasure, um, when you know we, we want to find the things that we like, right? And we like to go on vacation. This morning I'm going to go for a walk. Um, the things that you enjoy, right? And going after those things is not wrong. Actually, I'm going to show you here in a minute that none of these eight things are wrong. There's nothing good or bad about them. They just are. Okay. However, when you get stuck in seeking only pleasure, okay. Um, so you're, you're going after pleasure, um, not trying to understand who you are. So I'll, I'll give you a great example. Um, and I told you guys this before, but I get up really early and I do my study. I'm about five o'clock in the morning. Yesterday it was 3.30 because I couldn't sleep. Uh, and, and I usually get a couple hours of study in every day. Um, that's pretty natural, pretty normal for me. Uh, it's not something I force. It's something I've developed over the years. Uh, I love that. And I structure the rest of my day. So, you know, I, I do go to bed a little bit earlier. Uh, Nine o'clock has been my standard lately. But when we seek pleasure instead of growing ourselves, we can get stuck. So if you're seeking pleasure, it might look like sleeping in, going to bed late, right? Instead of getting up in the morning and saying, okay, how can I, uh, you know, how can I make myself better today? Okay. So in one essence, you're seeking pleasure over 
growth. So it's okay if you do that every now and then. And, you know, there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that, but what kind of pattern do you want to set for your life? So for example, you know, if you seek only pleasure and you don't seek to do the things that are going to help you grow, eventually you're going to get stuck. Okay. Um, Praise. Praise is another good one. Uh, If you are living life in order to be accepted by other people, you will do things and you will say things that will be very different than if you weren't. Okay. Uh, I'm finding a lot of my coaching clients as they're coming to me that they have this deep sense of, I need to be praised. I need to be accepted. I need to be acknowledged. And so they're working themselves to death in their workplace because they have this sense of, of, you know, needing that praise. And I, I asked myself, you know, what if you didn't need that praise? How would your life be different? Okay. And that's really the essence of this is, you know, the, the pleasurable things are, are the things that we go after and the painful things are the things we avoid. What if you didn't have a, a need for the pleasurable and what if you didn't have a need to avoid the unpleasurable? Again, we're just playing with thoughts here. Okay, so what about fame? Um, you know, I there are tons of stories out there that basically talk about people who have, all throughout the ages, who have done things, who have said things, who have hurt people, um, who have traded their morals and their ethics in the pursuit of being famous. Okay? So when you seek after fame at all costs, that's when you get stuck. I remember very distinctly, my youngest was maybe three or four, and she said, uh, she crawled up in my lap one day and she said, Mom, you know, how young is too young to be famous? And I thought for a minute, and, and you know, knowing this child and, and uh, her personality, I was like, ooh, we gotta, we gotta clarify this one little thing, because I don't want her going about life thinking that that is her goal, right? Uh, and I said, you know, I think the better question might be, what should a person be famous for? Okay. So fame in itself is not bad. However, what are you doing to seek fame or are you allowing fame to just come to you? Okay. Now the fourth thing is gain. Now you would think, okay, Michelle, this is good, right? Um, gain is more about, you know, uh, making money, having toys, you know, um, going after expensive vacations. Now, again, those are not bad. Okay. However, when your whole life is about that, when your love and your focus is on that, instead of having what I call an investment attitude. So you can, you can be in this place of, I want to gain so much because I want to go and spend. Or you want to say, I want to gain so much because I want to invest. So for example, you know, um, I, I, I might make, you know, some money off a course that I just sold and I look at it and I say, I want to invest in good quality time with my kids on a trip. Okay. But the trip, I'm going to design it in such a way that we have really good quality time. We're not just escaping from something. We're not just going to a really cool vacation. Does that make sense? So it's not necessarily bad to go on vacation or to have toys, but what are you doing with them? I have a a coaching client. I love him to death. We've been working together for probably about five years. uh, And he has all the toys and and multiple. 
Uh, he's got multiple homes all around the world. Um, you name it, he's got it. And one of the first things, and he, he has let me, uh, you know, given me permission to share this part of his story. But one of the first things that we worked on was this idea that he was not happy. You know, he had all the stuff, but he just wasn't happy. And I said, well, what are you doing with the stuff? And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, when do you, when do you get to play with it? So great that you have a house in Italy. When do you get to go visit that house? And he's like, maybe once a year. I said, what do you want from that? You know? And, and so it's looking at what do you have and, and how do you want to use it in a, a valuable way for yourself and for others? Otherwise, it's just a bill that you're paying. Okay. All right. So those are the four things in the pleasure category. Now, what about the four things in the pain category? Now, again, typically these are things that we do not like and we want to avoid at all costs. And our avoidance of those things can cause us to get stuck. So pain, for one thing, if we are trying to avoid pain at all costs, we will do self-medicating things, right? Um, drugs, alcohol, overeating, whatever it is. We're just trying to avoid the pain of whatever that was. Um, there's some new studies out that are showing that uh, children that have come through, uh, you know, just harsh childhoods, um, having adverse childhood experiences, trauma, uh, that they have a tendency to not only self-medicate, but also to have issues with overeating because, I mean, there's all kinds of things. One thing that pops out to me is this idea that, you know, if, especially if you've had early childhood sexual trauma or abuse, uh, that you can develop this persona that uh, I can't have a healthy body because if I do, then I will have attention from, you know, whoever was giving you the abuse before, whether it be that person or whether it be an avatar that represents that. So for example, if you're a female and, and you know, males have, have caused you uh, some issues in the past, you know, let's, let's overeat because that keeps us from being noticed. Okay, so you're trying to avoid pain of dealing with your circumstance, which causes other things. So do you see how you could get stuck in that? Yeah, and, and your pain is there for a reason. Okay, if you, you know, go out into the woods and you, um, you know, get pricked by a, a picker bush and, and you've got a cut on your arm. Well, it's a good thing that you have pain because guess what? You might need to do some first aid. But what we typically do, especially with non-bodily injuries, so the things that are, are in our mind and the, our emotions, we tend to ignore them, right? We want to avoid the pain, and so we don't do anything with it. But the thing is that, you know, just like you might get a, a pricker in, in your arm, there are those emotional scars that are going to be there that you need to handle. And at some point, they're going to come back to you. So your avoidance of pain is going to cause you to get stuck. Okay. Blame is another really good one. Uh, we want to avoid people blaming us for something, right? Uh, especially there's a couple certain personality styles that, that, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm right all the time. I don't want to be blamed. Okay. And so in our, uh, avoidance to blame, uh, we try to protect ourselves at all costs, which usually means we're defending our position, right? And when you come from a place of defense or attack uh, or criticism is a really big one. So not only am I going to criticize, but I'm going to criticize you first before you can do it to me. 
and we're doing this in an effort to avoid blame. Do you see how this might have an effect on your relationships and your ability to connect with other people? Yeah, which of course could affect all areas of your life. Now, disgrace, uh, this is another one. It, it's it's uh, similar to blame, I think, sometimes. Um, but disgrace is another, it, it goes further than just, I'm going to blame you for doing something. Disgrace is like, you know, attacking my identity. Uh, and so a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll try to hide. I'm going to hide from other people. Um, I never am going to admit my mistakes, not, not to other people and definitely not to myself. These are people who feel like they have to be perfect right? So they have to go out into the world. They have to be completely put together and perfect. And if I say something wrong, oh no, right? Um, if you think about somebody who is very genuine and authentic, the opposite would be the person who is trying to avoid disgrace. Okay. Because a genuine and authentic person understands that, you know, th there might be some disgrace there. Sometimes it's you because you uh, you know, have to change some of your own perceptions. And sometimes it's another person trying to disgrace you and you're just like, yeah, I'm just not going to take that on. Right. But the person who's trying to avoid disgrace will do things and say things that are definitely not in alignment with their authentic self. And then the final one is loss, right? We all want to avoid loss. Loss of what? loss of anything, loss of, you know, someone you love, whether that be from, you know, a breakup or through a death, uh, loss of a job, loss of money, loss of security, you name it, we're trying to avoid loss. But again, the thing that you avoid is often the things that comes right to you. Okay. So what would happen if you look at that a little differently? Uh, so for example, we, we try to, um, <laughs> especially here in the American culture. So I, I want to just clarify that because uh, the other day I looked and, and we have almost 60 countries listening now to the podcast. So I just want to clarify this. In the American culture, typically we had this, let's pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality. Um, you just, you know, lost your business, suck it up, buttercup, let's move on. Um, you, you know, you just went through a breakup, you know, we'll give you 24 hours, now let's go, let's move on with your life, right? Even when people uh, go through a loss in their life, let's say they, they lose a loved one, uh, oftentimes there is an acceptable time uh, of grief. Uh, we'll give you a couple weeks, right? And then after that, you just need to, you know, get back to it. Well, loss is there for a reason. And if we avoid dealing with the loss, if we go right into the next thing, um, we're going to get stuck. And I'll tell you this, uh, you know, briefly, that's what happened to me when I had my stroke. I had gone from loss to loss to loss to loss to loss and never took a time to like stop and pause. And part of it was I didn't want to be blamed or disgraced and I definitely didn't want to deal with the pain. So my avoidance of all of these things um, got me to a place where I was so stressed a part of my brain blew up. So ask yourself, is this what you want? I'm going to take a wild guess and say that if you're listening to this podcast, that you probably don't want that. Okay. So what can you do instead? Well, 
you know, we don't stop to really think about how do these four pairs of opposites or eight ideas really hook us, right? So what is my relationship to pleasure and pain, praise and blame, fame and disgrace, gain and loss? What What is my particular relationship? Because, you know, maybe I avoid pain at all costs, but maybe you avoid loss at all costs, right? So knowing yourself on this um, and also understanding how do each one of these color your perception of reality? Because if you're trying to go after praise or fame in your life, you don't necessarily see that, you know, there are other people who are dealing, maybe they're going after pleasure and gain, and maybe you're at cross goals, right? And so knowing this for yourself is going to be really helpful. And you can change any one of these. So maybe you have been run by going after pleasure, right? If I go after pleasure, then I can avoid pain. Well, you can change that. So what do you do? Well, first of all, I, I think about this idea of allowing them all to come to you. So rather than seeking one and avoiding another, allow what comes to you. Okay. So, so maybe, you know, I, I, I think about there is a time in life for all eight of these things to show up. Okay. The other day I was having a conversation with somebody and uh, they kind of told me a few things about my business that were hard to hear. Um, and I had to really think about it. Like, whoa, why am I having such negative feelings about what this person said? Now, on the one hand, I had to say, is this helpful? Is there anything in here that I need to, to change? However, I realized this person is coming from a very different perspective. Uh, and so as I was playing around with that perception, I realized, okay, this might be helpful for this person, but it's not necessarily helpful for my business. So instead of going into the, she hurt me, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose something if I don't do what she tells me to do. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm in this place of, she just blamed me and disgraced me and told me that, you know, I was a terrible person. I was like, wait, wait a minute, Let, let's just sit with this for a little bit. Okay. And I didn't go into, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, I know what I'm talking about. No, no, let, let me, let me see. Is there anything in here for me? So allowing those things to come to you. Um, notice when they come and notice when they go. Uh, so, you know, you're not always in pain, right? Now, let me preface that there are some people who literally are in pain almost every day. And I feel you. Um, I've just come off a, a series of about four years of pain with a, a hip injury. I totally get it. It can affect your life. Okay. For the grand majority of people, that is not the case. So if you're not in pain every day, notice when it does come and, and say, huh, I wonder what this pain is trying to tell me. Okay. You're not in loss every single day. What is the loss trying to tell you? Um, Hey, you know, when you're, when you're experiencing some sort of pleasure that you're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. The other day I went for a walk and I, uh, I had this little interaction. There was a deer out on the path. And it was like, I was walking on one side of the road and the deer was walking in the woods and the other parallel to me. And it was just a few moments of like, we're in this together. It was a really cool moment. I just wanted to notice and allow it. Okay. 
again, you know, you can always use our search engine. I'll put that in the description again. Uh, I know I've done a podcast that says, welcome when it comes, welcome when it goes. So go back to that podcast and it, it will tell you what that means. Um, the, the third tip is really noticing flow and rhythm. Uh, remember, we, we are uh, on this rhythm of life. We have natural ups, we have natural downs. There are times that life is going to be more pleasurable and there are times when life is going to be more painful. And then that leads into the fourth idea, which is accept what is in the moment. Accept what is happening right now. Don't try to avoid the pain that's in the moment. Don't try to seek after something that's not there. Accept what is right now. It's a much more peaceful way to live, okay? And try to get to know each one of these eight things intimately, okay? Again, trying to know which one's mine. Why is it mine? Where did this come from? Um, I, I think about a dear friend of mine. Uh, she lost her husband about six weeks ago. Um, and you know, th during this time, she's, she's getting to know the idea of loss in a very different way. Uh, up until this point, she really has not had a, a lot of loss. She is uh, in her upper 60s. And she admittedly says, Michelle, I've had almost the perfect life. I really don't have uh, uh, issues. And this is her very first loss, so she's coming to grips with that. Um, and, you know, as I'm talking her through it, I said, listen, there's going to be all kinds of things that you're going to experience you've never experienced before. I just want you to do what I call ride the wave. There's those natural ups and downs. Just ride it. Just accept that whatever is happening right now is what should be happening. And know that there are cycles. So the uh, brain actually, your your um, nervous system, uh, when you're having any sort of feeling, it takes about 90 seconds for that feeling to be washed out of our system. Okay. So when, especially with grief, so when you're in a time of grief, that, that wave will come for about 90 seconds. If you allow the wave to be there and to sit with that pain and loss, it will dissipate. Now, when you first have the loss, it seems like a constant wave because the waves are coming one after the other. As time goes on, this is why people say it gets better with time. And the loss doesn't necessarily get better with time, but your feelings and the frequency of your feelings gets better with time. Okay. So I said, just get to know this idea of loss that you've never known before. And I promise you that when you really try to understand these for yourself, you're going to gain wisdom like none other, uh, you're going to gain a kindness, not only uh, in your own character for other people and situations, um, but a kindness about life in general. And it's just a more peaceful, contented way to live. Okay. So if you are suffering in any area of your life, if you're struggling, I would suggest to you it's because of one of these eight. Okay. You might be focusing too much on going after the pleasurable and avoiding the painful. So you might have to change your perceptions a little bit. And you can. If you need any help with that, please reach out to me. Uh, let me know. Uh, I will tell you this story just because it popped up. One of our very loyal listeners, she knows who she is. Uh, she has been emailing and texting and letting me know about so, some of the, the changes in perception that she's having, the changes in her thinking. And she reached out and she said, oh my gosh, Michelle, this, 
you know, on this day she said this, on this day she said this, and, and I could see the progression in her thinking throughout her communications. And I was very, uh, I guess, determined not to answer her question because I could see the struggle happening. Uh, and I know that, that when she finally comes upon her answer, it's going to be her answer. Not Michelle's answer, her answer. So, you know, there are some times when you might have a question that you're like, Michelle, answer this for me real quick. And of course, I'll answer that. There are other times when you're, you're really delving deep into this and you reach out and say, Michelle, you know, what about this and what about that? Um, I'm either going to answer, ask you another question or I might just ignore you. Okay. And I'm not doing that to be mean. I, I'm literally doing it because I'm like, oh yes, this is so good. And I might just encourage you to follow that, that path. Okay. So I hope this has been helpful today. Uh, at the very least, I think it would be helpful if you just wrote those two columns down and had them in front of you. I have them on a post-it note that's um, stuck here on the, the side of my um, computer just to help me understand, okay, what is happening right now and what is your relationship to that? Uh, so for example, the other day, somebody sent me an email and I immediately felt, um, I felt off. And I realized that the, because this person in the email, what, what she said, she wasn't disgracing me, but I felt disgraced. And so I had to say, whoa, back up a little bit. Why? Why do I feel disgraced? And so having those two columns right next to me was actually very important because it helped me say, whoa, pause. Let's, let's check on this. And then I could change my perception. Okay. Awesome. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right, bye-bye.